Uh, Senator Joni Ernst, of course, of Iowa. She serves on a series of committees, including Armed Services and the Judiciary. The new book uh, that she has, Daughter of the Heartland, My Ode to the Country uh, That Raised Me, available at Amazon.com or wherever fine books are sold. And I want to get into the book because it's actually come up in a very interesting way from Twitter and how they're labeling President Trump. But I want to start with coronavirus. You take a look at the state of Iowa, and you don't see uh, a massive amount of cases, 18,000 cases in all in the state of Iowa, 582 deaths. But of course, there's been the conversation about those meatpacking plants. There's been a conversation about food supply. What are those plants telling you about the cases that they have, the hotspots that they have? And what can you tell the rest of the Midwest, the rest of America, about the food supply and what's coming out of Iowa? Absolutely. And we are very grateful. President Trump did come in and and he did an order on the Defense Production Act, which opened those meatpacking facilities back up. We got the CDC and the OSHA back into those plants, uh, made sure that they were sanitized and made sure that the protections were put in place for all of those great workers who are out there processing our food and making sure America is fed. Um, but they're not at full capacity because they were hot spots, um, people standing closely together and working on a line, you know, doing various cuts of meat. Um, but what we've been able to put in place so far, you know, at, at least those plants are now operating. Um, but it's important to know uh, for just listeners out there that maybe aren't experienced with agriculture, you know, maybe haven't grown up around a farm, that just how vitally important it is that we keep these farms up and going. We're going through a spring planting season right now in Iowa. Of course, we have uh, cattle, we have hogs, we have poultry flocks, you name it. This is where your food comes from. And when there are things like a global pandemic and interruption in that food supply chain, that's when you start seeing those issues at your grocery store. So bottom line, folks, Food doesn't come from grocery stores. It comes from your farmers and ranchers. Uh, and if there's a, a lag between what's being produced on the farms uh, and on those ranches, you're not going to see it in your grocery stores. Now, we're so, hearing from those in, in, that, yeah. in that livestock sector. We've seen 1.5 million chickens euthanized in North Carolina, for example. Are farmers talking to you about the, the livestock uh, that they have to now euthanize because there is no market for it because of some of the shutdowns of, like, for example, uh, the, the Smithfield uh, group, for example, and others? You've got it. And yes, um, we are in constant communication. And I talk directly um, with those farmers as well, especially our pork producers right here in Iowa. Iowa is the number one pork producing state. And they are euthanizing their hogs because the hogs, unlike cattle, you can't just turn them out to pasture. Um, you have them in facilities where you're feeding them. And at some point, you keep feeding them, you're, you're losing money. So there's nowhere or a decreased capacity anyway in processing those hogs uh, into the meat products that you find at a grocery store. And so the farmers, unfortunately, and it is heartbreaking, they are euthanizing those hogs, and then they have to dispose of those carcasses. And it's, it's a very difficult process um, when you have so much waste 
And you know that there are still families in need out there that, that could use a healthy lean protein, but we just can't get the meat to them because the processing facilities um, are, they are decreased in, in what they can do. So it's been a really tough go here in the state of Iowa, but, but we're ready to move ahead, get the economy going, get these workers back to work safely, and, and get that production back up. Talking to Senator Joni Ernst. She also sits in the U.S. Committee on Agriculture, Nutrition, and Forestry. Forestry. Uh, she is the author of the book Daughter of the Heartland, My Ode to the Country That Raised Me, available at Amazon.com, wherever fine books are sold. We talk about taking care of people. You have a measure. Uh, a tweak, as was written over at Town Hall, to the CARES Act. The CARES Act was the one that was passed. The HEROES Act is the one that the Democrats and Nancy Pelosi passed in the House that doesn't seem to be going anywhere. You want to make changes to the people getting the extra $600 unemployment bonus, and you're calling it the RICH Act. No, yes. Okay, so... Uh, there's a number of changes that I would like to see in the CARES Act. I think overall a good package that was really necessary to protect Americans and, and our businesses. But uh, in passing that package, we also had an expanded benefit of $600 per week on top of the unemployment people would receive. But what a lot of folks don't recognize is that we have millionaires all across the United States that do receive unemployment. And they are also getting the additional $600 a week. And they are probably the people that need it the least. And what I would like to see is that we change that. They are entitled to unemployment. If they have lost their job, they are entitled to that. They, however, should not be receiving the expanded benefit of $600 a week. Let's yeah, cut those been... millionaires off. I think they're doing fine. Um, let's focus on the the really great workers that are out there pulling their weight, doing what they can. Um, those that have been, uh, of course, cut off from their, their job opportunities because of COVID-19. Let's focus on them. But the millionaires, they don't need it. You know, the the conversations of the economy, the conversations of who we take care of and how we take care of people have become big conversations. And I, and I would love to get into that with you uh, in, in, in the future. But I want to ask you about your book, uh, Daughter of the Heartland, my ode to the country uh, that raised me. I don't think people know that you served in, in the military, uh, a lieutenant colonel. Um, but it's interesting that you call yourself Daughter of the Heartland. And when you talk about my ode to the country that raised me, I'm curious if you mean the United States or specifically the Midwest. And I bring this up for a reason, because being somebody who was uh, transplanted to the Midwest, uh, born in Brooklyn, grew up in Jersey, lived in D.C. and Los Angeles for a while, now call Indianapolis Indiana home, it isn't lost on me that when Twitter goes about now fact-checking President Trump, they use a person who tweets things, never mind calling those in the administration Nazis, he tweets things saying, I'm just saying we fly over those states that voted for a racist tangerine for a reason. Of course, orange man bad, meaning President Mm -hmm. Trump. Mm -hmm. And of course, it's again referring to the Midwest in this disparaging, disparaging way. You write an entire book talking about being a daughter of that very Midwest. How do you square this circle? How do you explain to people from those coastal elites how very much they misunderstand the Midwest? 
Right. And it is so hard. And it is one of the reasons that I wrote the book. There are many reasons that I wrote the book. Um, but one is because I do want to celebrate uh, where I come from and my roots. I live about five miles from the farm where I grew up. I still choose to live in rural Iowa because it, it's what I know and it's what I'm comfortable with. And the people are gracious and they are nice. And they are hardworking, and that's what I want uh, those coastal elites to recognize, is that there are real people here. They care about their neighbors. They care about picking themselves up. They aren't solely reliant upon the federal government to help them out in, in bad situations. We're all in it together. And the upbringing that I had on my little family farm here in southwest Iowa has really given me the resilience to drive through the challenges that I've had throughout my personal life, as well as in the military and certainly in the United States Senate. And for heaven's sakes, I wish we had more kids nowadays that had the experience of growing up on a farm, knowing what it is to clean manure out of hog stalls, you know, knowing what it is to castrate a hog, knowing what it is to drive a tractor. You know, working with your hands and understanding there is no job beneath me, I think all of those things really have have led to my own personal success um, as, as I move through difficult situations. But I also want people to understand that when you go through challenges, you don't have to let those challenges define who you are. You don't have to let those challenges hold you back. Um, I had a, a woman that said to me one time, and, and it really stuck with me, and, and again, one of the other reasons I wrote the book, but she said, Joni, you served in war. You served, you know, as I went on to be a battalion commander. You went on to be a United States senator, and you had all these hardships along the way, you know, and, and she said that really meant something to her, that you can still have success. You can still find joy, you know, even though you've had personal challenges. And I want people to understand that. Don't let other people or situations define you. You know, define what your own level of success is and drive towards it. I was trying to figure out what is the proper Midwest expression for someone who talks like uh, this Yoel Roth from Twitter did uh, about the Midwest. In the South, I mean, from my days in, in Tampa Bay, it was bless your heart. Right. And I think that's a still a Midwest thing as well. What's the what's the proper Midwest expression for somebody who engages in this kind of vitriol towards the Midwest? Well, <laughs> I can't say it on air. Oh, <laughs> now we're cooking. <laughs> will will, will you, you know, tell me off air? In the Midwest, and I look at my own family and, and my brother. God, God bless my brother. Uh, he works on a rail crew. Uh, here for one of our our uh, wonderful wonderful railroads, and he would put it quite bluntly, but it it is an expression that I wouldn't be able to use on air. Um, but that's how, how folks here in the Midwest, real common, salt of the earth folks, the folks that I associate with and care the most about, um, they don't have a tolerance for those elitists. Um, those are the same elitists that think their groceries actually do come from the grocery store. Uh, they don't understand that there are hardworking people behind the, the products that they purchase every day and consume. You know, and it, it's sad uh, that we have folks that are like that where, you know, they think that we can get rid of automobiles and, uh, you know, just rely on public transportation. Um, I'm looking out my window. I don't see any taxis whizzing by, you know. Um, so 
when they have the luxury of riding down an elevator in their condo building or their apartment building and walking to the corner Starbucks, you know, I don't need people like that lecturing me. Um, I, I live in real America. I live in the heartland. Um, these are the Absolutely. people I love. These are the people that make America work. And I'm glad for it. Her name is Senator Joni Ernst. The book, Daughter of the Heartland, My Ode to the Country uh, That Raised Me, available at Amazon.com, wherever fine books are sold. Senator, uh, first conversation. I hope it's not the last. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Much more to get to. I'm Tony Katz.